Peace, family, and thank you for tuning in to Understanding the Nursing Game podcast. Many people are looking for financial help while in college. I would love to present the Thelma Lee McKenzie Nursing Scholarship. It was designed for nursing students at the University of South Alabama. You must have a 3.0 GPA and have graduated from a high school within Washington or Clark County in the state of Alabama. If anybody have any more questions about this scholarship, please call Rebecca Baker at 251-341-3721. This is uh, Barry Coleman again on Understanding the Nursing Game. And uh, I got Ms. Deborah Byers on here with me. How you doing today, Ms. Byers? I am well. All is well. How you doing? I'm doing good. In the process of doing this uh, scholarship raffle thing, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's growing. It's growing. I just finished up on the commercial for it, and um, I did the first flyer. Or whatever, but now we gravitate towards the commercial. And I'm gonna come out with some more flyers, and I got a couple more ideas to. Uh, I've seen, with. I've seen the video that you sent to me. Was that the commercial? Yeah, that was the commercial. That was nice, very, very nice. That's awesome. I'm proud of you. I just met you just a few months ago, but I am proud of your accomplishments and what you have done so far. And with this scholarship, it will be very deserving for someone. Mm-hmm. You know. Open All them right. out. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just an old country bumpkin. I ain't nobody special. And uh, at least I don't look at myself as nobody special. And um, I just try to allow the Lord to use me. I hate to say that because I'm over here drinking too. But uh, <laughs> it don't come from me. It come through me. Right. And I, see, I see different stuff out here in society. And I'm like, man, how can I? intertwined into helping someone through the scholarship and people from my area because a lot of people from my area do not have a lot of resources a lot of people they get their degrees and then they they leave and and you can you it's hard to find them again so that's the reason why i do it to be honest with you i'm losing money behind i don't i honestly i don't know a lot you're not doing it for the money though yeah i'm not doing it for the money yeah i'm not doing it for the money I'm, i'm losing money so it's not even about the money, just about me being able to help and arm young folks with the proper knowledge so that they can accomplish whatever it is they want to accomplish. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And also you are helping them out because just like what you stated in the environment that you grew up at, where you're from, that other people, when they see you accomplishing and achieving what you have achieved or what you are doing, that gives them, that gives them the courage in order to do so. It's interesting that we are talking about this. It just reminds me of a book that I just finished reading. And the book is called A Light in the Heart. And it's a motivational book, honestly. And it's about the mindset, changing your mindset. When we have negative thoughts, we do and act and experience negativity. If we have positive thoughts, positive way of thinking, we act and experience those. And 
I know we said we're not going to do any quotes, but I just thought about one in particular in that book that is stated like it's only when you step outside of your comfort zone that you begin to change, you begin to grow, you begin to transform. And when they see you, when they see that scholarship that you are offering that they can apply and hopefully be willing to have in order to help them with their education, that's going to help them grow, to change, to transform, and to give back. That is what's important. So I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. I appreciate it. Um, one of the goals that I wanted to do, even though I really didn't, at the beginning of this podcast episode, I wasn't trying to talk about that, but uh, the one of the goals I had was to, you know, maybe five, 10 years down the road, you know, everybody that got the scholarship or everybody that been impacted, maybe we can come together and, and do something for ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. open up a business, open up just another avenue to have impact in the world. That way, you know, you don't have to be um, not necessarily stuck. You don't have to make all your money by the bedside, mm-hmm. like things like that. And um, and I kind of referenced that whole little mindset and spiel in uh episode I want to say five in my message to the world. And so um, that was a, one of my one of my ideas, just trying to get people give a platform to where people can give to one another. And then coming back together and then we all get together and we we could do something for ourselves and we don't have to be stuck. And then not only that, I was looking at, at my kids. Like once they, I got two kids now, they see some five by 10 years mm-hmm. from now, they going to need some guidance. Yeah. So uh, I, I hope, you know, I hope I'm here. You never know what happened tomorrow, especially right. these uh, pandemic time. Right. But, um, I hope I'm here, but if I'm not, maybe like if the impact I had on somebody, you know, they it might reciprocate to them. So you just you just never know. Absolutely. So uh, today, um, I want to talk about this uh, graduate school. I'm gonna talk about my journey. Okay. In graduate school, my first semester. Oh my god. <laughs> well, let's go before that. I decided to um, start a scholarship. And um, when I started the scholarship, they asked me what day I want to come on campus and stuff like that and meet the scholarship recipient. I'm like, okay. I picked out a date, told them what day I was coming. And um, I got a chance to meet the scholarship recipient. And we went to have lunch. Me, scholarship recipient, a lady by the name of Rebecca Baker, and Dr. Hall and my mama. And mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Hall, i never forget it. She said something about, hey, Barry, you you ever thought about going back to school? I'm thinking to myself, like, hell no. Nah, I caught too much hell in, in, uh, in uh, undergrad. Why the hell I want to sign up? <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I ain't think about it. She kind of left like that. She ain't, you know, she ain't did too deep. And then uh, the pandemic hit. And then by probably about May, something told me, hey, buddy, you might want to circle back and try to go back to school. So you can get away from this, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you can uh, make money, you know, teaching online. You don't even have to expose yourself like that. And so I, I thought about it. I said, you know what? I'm going to have to put on my big boy pants and I'm going to have to go back to school. And um, I went back. So to it school. was the pandemic that motivated you. What was going on with everyone in nursing during the pandemic that you made the decision to go to graduate school? You damn right it was. I was in surgery and uh, all of the surgeries was uh, canceled. 
And so um, I was like, I mean, we were still working on in the hospital somewhere, but at the same time, I was like, man, I don't know what's going on. I know if I was teaching online, just an online instructor, I wouldn't, it wouldn't hardly even bother me. Mm-hmm. So that, that was my mindset. And so, uh, yeah, the pandemic called me to have that, that line of thinking. And so I applied. Of course, hey, I had, uh, I was mostly a C student. Uh-huh. couple things, but a C student. Of course, I didn't get in. I got rejected. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I had to um, reach out. You know, after that, I got accepted into the program. Let's just keep it like that. How many programs did you apply to before you got accepted to this one? Oh, as I tell everybody, the only school that will accept me is the University of South Alabama. I ain't going nowhere else. I'd have gave them money. Hey, I hear gave, you. Yeah, I'd have gave y'all money. Hey, I shouldn't get treated. Well, I should get treated the best right there at <laughs> University of South Alabama. So can't nobody, when I say stuff about South Alabama, the College of Nursing, they can't say nothing to me. If I'm talking positive about them or negative, you still can't say nothing to me because I'd have gave my own money. So I I'd have good. earned the right to be critical of them if I want if I choose to be. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I decided to uh, go back to school and stuff like that. That first semester, I was I was bored. I probably was a D student to be honest with you. The woman probably felt sorry for me when she was grading them papers and gave me a C or something because uh, my paper was horrible and I ain't had no study. I wasn't doing hardly no reading. I ain't had no calendar. When the assignments was due, I was just winging. So when you just wasn't motivated beginning of that semester, why did you have that mindset to tell viewers about that? What what was you thinking during that first semester that, <laughs> you know, because this isn't your first rodeo, I'm just saying. Yeah, you can be critical of me. I don't care nothing about that. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm ready for you to be be real with me. What, what was your ass thinking about? That's a good way to put it. I was trying to be nice. No, no, you don't have to be nice with me. I'm used to folks downplaying me, so that's totally fine. (laughs) All right. I'm not downplaying you. I know you ain't, but I'm just saying, I'm used to that. I know you're doing it from a good place. So, all right. So, I'm just so used to just going to work to where when I was having to go to work and I know I got assignments due, I'm like, man, I just can't do it. Mm hmm. At the time, I was doing like 65, 70 hours a week, and I wasn't used to doing that many hours working-wise and still finding time to do homework, mm-hmm. to read, to do your papers. You got to research articles. You got to read them articles. You got to pull extract from the articles and form your own opinion and write your papers. So I wasn't in the mindset to work like that. and um. As the semester went on, it was a tough go. I had to make some adjustments. But I had to slow down on my hours. Can't, when uh, the month of April came, I slowed down on my hours. And of course, when you slow down on your hours and you're grown and you got responsibility, things get tight. Right. Things get tight. And so I learned during that time period, I got to budget my time better. Mm-hmm. Because regardless of what I got going on, I still have two little girls that are my responsibility. Right. So, um, you know, me making whatever decision I make is going to affect them. Right. Good or bad. So um, I had to become willing to give up life itself. To be honest with you, I like to drink wine. 
So I, mm-hmm. when I, I get off of work, if I ain't got to go to my second job, I'll go straight over there to the winery. And I just laugh and joke with the, uh, with the staff and just enjoy my afternoon. Right. So be honest with you, I, I, look, I don't know. Since I've been out there in Napa, I love going out there. I go to the uh, Cape Bread Winery. Next time you come out here, we're going to have to go by there. Yes. We you just let me know because I'll take a weekend trip anywhere. To be honest with you, you already know. <laughs> okay. Okay, then. Well, hey, you have to do that. Yeah, bring your homegirl too, whoever you had last time. Will do. My childhood friend that I've known for 46 years. Yep. Okay. Yeah, bring her on too. And um, we had to go by the, I love to go by Cape Bread. That's the name of it. They have, okay. to me, they have some of the best wine. I'm talking about most places out here are wineries have like one, maybe two wines that's real good. I mean, they mm-hmm. hold, pretty much their whole catalog is good from whites to red. You won't be mad at all. But um, yeah, back to it. I had to give up. I had to sacrifice some things that I like doing, like going out. I like going out to the bar, drinking mm-hmm. and uh, watching sports and stuff like that, you know, and just go from now. But uh, I had to learn how to budget my time and focus in on my school where I never was a good student. Well, I was in elementary school and middle school, but when I got to high school, I just kind of like put school to the side and didn't really focus on it as much as I used to. And um, now, well, this summer semester, I had uh, did an episode with three other instructors mm-hmm. and they kind of like Dr. Butler, she, um, that's my main go-to, her and um, Dr. Davis, they, um, and Dr. Jones, they gave me some key pointers. Uh, Dr. Butler told me to write out, you know, get your print off a calendar and uh, write on it on your calendar the dates when things are due. That way you can have a, a visual copy. You know, you can see it in your room. She said you different color highlight pens. And that's what I, I did everything because I, I, be honest with you, I thought I was going to make a deal. I was going to fluck out of the school first semester. So I was scared to deal. And then I was going into the summer semester, which is shorter. and um. I mess around and I, I did pretty good. I actually did pretty good. I came out of one class with an A and I came out of the other one with a B. So Excellent. That, yeah, that's much better than that first semester. I felt like I was just overwhelmed and I I was getting used to the the online component. It was it just mm-hmm. totally different from when I went to school. So it's just a totally different game. And so um, I did that and now I'm in the third semester. I got two more semesters after this. And I will be considered graduated. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I'm glad you shared that as well as how you change after that first semester, because with us, I'm going to consider us not traditional students. You know, right. this is our second, third, fourth time going back to school and everything when we work full time and have other responsibilities. We in the healthcare profession, a lot of us older older people have been used to just working our ass off and making money and that's it in the game whatever three to four jobs doing what we need to do and then relaxing and enjoying we work hard and we play hard and we were just talking about this before we came on this podcast of these younger kids coming in the game now and they're getting their degrees and right off the bat, a lot of them are leaving bedside nursing. I think a lot of that has to do with the pandemic, you know, well, number one, a lot of them making that money and realizing the bedside isn't for them and now are entrepreneurs and have other passive incomes or going back to school 
getting an advanced degree and decide to do these things. And it's all in that mindset, you know, going back to school, graduate school for anyone, whether they're young or older like us or like me, it's different. You have to change everything from what you're used to doing as far as just working and then just coming home and relaxing, whatever, and doing it all over again, like a mouse in one of those wheels or whatever, a cog in the wheel. But when we decide to go back to school and it's just time management, you just have to focus on that. Uh, Oh, not focus, but just changing all of that. And among with other stuff, study habits. A lot of that was easy for us earlier. And as we decide to do it again, it's more difficult along with our responsibilities that we have to do to take care of the pay the bills, you know, and take care of our families and stuff like that. It's a juggling. It's a juggling act. But again, I'm glad that you are sharing this because that's going to help other people going to know that if they experience it, like, okay, this is what I need to do in order to change. And I need to change my study habits, my time management, writing down old school, writing down everything of what's due and stuff. So you're not forgetting that. It's just, it can be done, period. It can be done. So I'm glad you're sharing that. Other people will hear that. They know it and know that they're not the only ones that have experienced it or will experience it. Right. To be honest with you, when I first signed up for school that first semester, the end goal was to make an extra 30000 40000 a year an easier way than being by the bedside. So I can, mm-hmm. I can, at the very least, I can vacation and live and vacation like a baller. Like mm-hmm. I got, then I don't have to worry about it. You know, it root, not root, Chris, or a risk card and say it's going to be 600 tonight, Mr. Coleman. I said, hey, make it 700 Let me get the top flow. <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the window yeah mm-hmm. so that's the reason why i wanted to do it to be honest with you now that i'm doing it i just have a totally different mindset and i think part of it is because of this podcast i mean to be honest i didn't even really know about nursing entrepreneurs until i went on uh what it is proud black nurses and i saw one i saw you i think you the first one you said you had really yeah i promise you were the first one and you said you had a book. I said, she got a book out there. <laughs> and, and to be honest, I got like an e-book. I had made an e-book way back when. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a little short book, too. I'm talking about it's like six, seven pages. But it's all right, though. It got like, you know, old, old four wheels to my But mm-hmm. um, I was amazed by that, to be honest, just to finish the process, because I wanted to do that. But I, I kind of, life happened, and I didn't really um, focus in on it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I saw you, and then I saw, I interviewed East Nurse Bay. Yeah. She got her own little thing going on. I'm like, man. And then uh, Nurse Terry, she got her own little mentorship, Dr. Collins. She got yeah. her own, men- I mean, I'm like, man. I'm like, uh, then what? who else? Is somebody else? Nurse Lala. She got her own little mentorship, her own little store. I'm like, man, these women, where I'm from, a lot of black women just are not business-minded. They look for the man to provide. And what I mean by provide, not not that they can't contribute, but everything falls on the man. When I, I understand. 
yeah, when I interviewed them women, I don't think they had that same mindset. They they had that mindset to go get it. So it was, yeah, it was just so refreshing to see that. I said, Lord, <laughs> I ain't yeah. I ain't gonna say nothing. But yeah, hey, I just said, boy, hey, that's all right. I, if I wish I would have met some people like that when I was younger, because mm-hmm. um, you know, it's when you're younger, you got a lot more energy. You you thinking more so outside of the box. When you get older and you have more responsibility, you like, how is that going to affect the ship that I got going now? You right. Know? As Aaliyah say, I don't want to rock the boat. I ain't trying to rock the boat here. So um, that's the thing about the young nurse. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I like interviewing. I think content-wise, they don't really bring the standard experience like Dr. Collins. Dr. Collins is very experienced. Mm-hmm. And those other nurses that's been in the game 15 years. But they bring a lot of brand new ideas. Correct. Correct. A lot of of brand new ideas. So, you know, even a, I don't know if it's true. They say an old dog can't learn a new trick. Hey, I'm going to try to learn a new trick or two. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think things happen. I always believe that things happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. We go through things for a reason. And when we were younger, Although you probably think that you should have done this when you were younger, would have known all of this when you was younger. Maybe this happened at this stage in your life for a reason, because look what you're doing now. Right. Look, even though you may not realize it, you are impacting and influencing a lot of people in this field now. Starting off with that scholarship, first of all, and this podcast, because now you're getting more and more people who are listening to these podcasts and seeing through social media, they're looking at your host, the people that you're interviewing and going to their IG page and they're saying, oh, they have this, this to help out with eclectic how to study for exams or in this field, want to go become an advanced practice nurse or get their doctorate or become a nurse practitioner or, or a CRNA or whatever. The impact that you are having, it there's a reason why this is happening now, why you are going through this now. I wholeheartedly believe that. So we're just some old nurses that are just going into a different direction in the game. We're going into a different direction in this field, you know, at least that's how I'm seeing it. So, yeah. One thing that I appreciate about being on this platform, we don't really just interview the standard nurse. And what I mean by standard nurse is most time when when I in Alabama, when a person say a nurse, a person is a nurse, you think of uh, more likely two places. One, the doctor's office. Uh-huh. And two, hospital and by the bedside. That's mm-hmm. normally what where you think of nursing and then by us being uh, black, a lot of times you don't see us in like specialists. To be honest with you, I don't think I have met another black male operating room nurse. Really? I don't think I have. It's not too many. And you know what? Thinking about it now, there is not too many black male nurses in different specialties, to be honest with you. Right. And if they are, you best believe they're going into something else like becoming a CRNA or right. whatever. Those, right. that's, that's because they want that 
OR or ICU or ER experience, that specialty, and you know they're going to advance, either a nurse practitioner or a CRNA. That's their goal. That's their ultimate goal. But it's just not that many of you guys that's in the field. Right. And so um, a lot of times when somebody new to the, you know, they first time hearing our podcast, most time they run down there to uh, my episode or either Shawana's or either the CRNA. It seems like those three are the ones that new people gravitate towards. And another reason why I said that was, was because when you look at all the people that we interview, it's not the standard nurse. It, right. Like nurse practitioners. A lot of people don't get a chance to talk to a nurse practitioner and learn and hear their uh, insight. You know, a lot of people don't get to talk to a CRNA and, uh, and get their insight <laughs> as to uh, how, how they got into school and uh, they hold mindset. So when people log in, it just seems like they always gravitate towards those episodes. I'm going to be honest with you. When I was in school, I had heard of a nurse anesthetist, but it was kind of like on the hush-hush. Mm-hmm. Like, people didn't really want people to know about it or whatever. And so now you can you can come on here and, you know, listen to that episode as many times as you want. And so that, yeah. I think that's that within itself, it's just valuable that you can do that. Yes. To this day, there's still a lot of um, lay people that haven't heard of nurse anesthesia. They automatically think of anesthesiologists. And then now, since a lot of the programs have changed, that programs are now doctorate degrees that are coming out as doctors have changed the game. And in addition, I always speak highly of that diversity program. That diversity and nurse anesthesia mentorship program has changed the game for us people of color mm-hmm. who are interested in order to advance in the healthcare field, to see someone like them. Right. And believe, truly believe that they can do it too. They can accomplish it too. You know, right. so this podcast, that program that I just mentioned, and with social media period and, and seeing others that are changing the game, you know? And I- and I'm going to say this, you know, they just came out with like the, um, I guess the results of the 2020 census, the population, American population is changing. It's, yeah. Yeah. You give it another 20 years, it's going to be uh, people of color are going to be the majority. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, and they always, I, this past semester and during the summer, I did a lot of papers on racial health disparities. And what I found out that basically, when you see somebody, if you don't see yourself in them, in that patient, a lot of times the healthcare provider will provide substandard care. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, you know, you, you won't go that extra mile for your patient or you won't be as big of an advocate for your patient. So right. I just hope that, uh, you know, everybody that tune in, you know, they can um be encouraged when they when they have those moments of adversity in nursing school. That way they can uh, you know keep it going or push through it. And then finally once you graduate, you'll find out hey, it's all worth it. Right. And also giving them the motivation that there are other I mean, you can do so much in this field and with this degree. So much that you don't have to work in a hospital setting. Right. Or or I think about that with myself as far as I live here in New Hampshire and work in Vermont. 
And I've been a nurse anesthetist for about 19 years. And this is the first place that I have worked that I swear to God, I've been having issues with the patients that don't want a black anesthesia provider and they let me know. And that challenge, it's like, you know what? I don't need this crap. You know, this is what I'm thinking in my mind. I'm, I always try to, with my patients, to build a rapport with them in order to provide quality care, quality anesthesia right. care. But as I'm going through this now at this facility with these type of patients, you know, looking at social media, seeing these um, new people coming in and, and the entrepreneurship and these podcasts, and I'm going through this and with school, this is what motivated me to go back to school mm. for the third time. Right. Um, it's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm getting burned out. And this is motivating me to do what I need to do in order to possibly get out of, to be honest with you, getting out of, of going a different route with anesthesia. So that's why I appreciate this podcast. I appreciate witnessing and interviewing these other nurses who are getting into other fields of nursing or other businesses. Because people like me, who's been in this game for a long, I keep saying in this game, but that's what it kind of feels like at this point, who's been in this field for so long, almost two decades, we're looking for something else. We're looking for something different. We're looking for an, a challenge. At least I'm looking for a challenge. You know, that's why I like this. That's why I like this podcast. And that's what's motivating me. I got you. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I had a... Uh... I didn't know it was, that type of thing was going on until I started working in Napa. I have a anesthesiologist. He's um he's from California and he used to work down south in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And uh he was like, you know, uh, certain people don't really like my kind, mm-hmm. you know, and um and he's a white dude. And so um he said it to me the probably a while back, about a year ago or whatever. And we kind of like bonded because we felt like we was outcasts from the South. You know, people right. don't, really just, uh, don't really just deal with you on a certain level. So um, when he said that, it just kind of, oh, but yeah, when you said that about what's going on in Vermont, it just kind of brought that back to my remembrance. Like what you feel isn't um, that uncommon. Like right. people don't feel that way in certain areas. Like they are not. They're not wanted, and um, it just wears a wedge. And he eventually moved away and started. He moved back to California or whatever. So, uh-huh. I, I, I can see, I can see why you want to move. Yep, yep. And and in this small town, at, at this small hospital, and I knew this coming here. Right. Being the only person of color in. Well, and I take that back. Not the only person of color, because there isn't. Asian person there as well. The only black, especially a black CRNA. Right. They're having problems. I'm having so many issues. I've never, <laughs> I've never really had complaints of patients telling the director of nursing, no offense, who's a nurse, and I'm a CRNA with a doctorate degree. You're complaining to patients, and it ain't, it's not a lot. It's only a little handful right. of how they don't like 
how I'm direct. Now, I will admit, and I've been in the military. So when you meet me, I'm very direct, very straightforward. And I tell you how it is. And it's, I kind of sugarcoat it, but it's more of like, I'm going to introduce myself, try to build a rapport with a patient. I let them know what to expect as far as the type of anesthetic, how I'm going to apply, which is the technique and the potential risks. And I've had patients that complain saying that I give them too much information. What the hell? And then starting to get written up by, to the point where, like I said, after the fourth or fifth time that this happening in a few months, I'm like, I got to go. I turned in my resignation. I can't. And telling me I need to change. I need to try to dictate my practice. And that's a no-go. And that's why, like I said, I'm getting to a point where I'm getting worn out. I'm getting worn out with all of this. And you and others that you interview and the people that I'm seeing now, these younger nurses and stuff, it's just motivating me like there's something else out here. You know, that I don't have to get out of this field completely. I can do something else or I can venture off and do, you know, as a, a dual certified advanced nurse practitioner. And that's what I'm going to do because I, before I wind up <laughs> cursing the patient out or something, I need to go. <laughs> well, hey, hey, how about this? How about this? Ms. Deb. I got some for you. You ready? Okay. All right. Hey, I grew up a preacher kid, so you know I dibble and dabble in the Bible from time to time. Okay. I ain't no scholar now. Don't call me a scholar. All right. If you read Mark six and four, it would say a prophet is not without honor except for in his own country, among his own kin, and in his own household. Yeah. And what I mean by that is um. Even Jesus couldn't perform miracles everywhere. He wasn't wanting everywhere. So, you know, doing that, whatever the case is, you know, making you feel uncomfortable with, you know, what's going on. That's cool. Everything ain't for everybody. Correct. Correct. And, and so, I think about that. I think, yeah. about, I mean, I am not there to be anyone's friend, not the right. co-workers or my peers or whatever. Right. I'm in this profession and I provide a service, an act of service to the patients. I try to make sure that I establish that from the beginning in that relationship, that patient-client relationship. Right. And I can handle it and I can handle my own, believe me. But it's getting to the point where I feel like I don't have to take it. It's not to that point. It's past that point. Mm. I don't have to take it. And that is why I'm saying the beauty of getting, as we're talking about going back to school and, and, you know, advancing our degree and stuff, that is the beauty of this field that we can continue and go back to school and advance our career to advance our degree, to even venture off into something else that, you know, this field it is just endless as far as what we can do with our degrees in our career. And that's what's motivating every day. So I'm going to continue doing this here at this place until November. And I'm out. <laughs> I'm going to be talking to you about with school again. And we can compare notes as far as with 
graduate school and continue doing this, continue doing right. this and talking about it. I got you. I got you. Hey, we're going to go ahead and try to end this. I guess I'm going to call this one right here a conversation with uh, Dr. Deborah Part 2. Just a casual conversation. I was talking. It's supposed to have been for you. Oh, oh, oh it's a, no, no, no. It was fine. I got my little therapy out. And then, you know, you you uh, you got it out too. But this is going to be part of the, your series. It, it is totally fine with me. <laughs> That's what we're going to name this. But hey, yes, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Hey, everybody that tuned in, I want you to... Share it with your friends and family. Hey, you've been locked into another episode of Understanding the Nursing Game Podcast.